0: From Malachi Smith to Reed Detmers, there's a lot of stuff to talk about on this episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. Let's get right on into it. You are Locked On, Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey what's going on everyone happy Friday welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast as always I'm your host Dalton Pence I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone also do some PA announcing work for the University of various sports I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day and just a reminder the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week your team every day. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode on this Friday edition of the show. We will start out discussing uh, Chattanooga transfer Malachi Smith and if he would be a good fit for the Cardinals uh, roster next season. We will then go into baseball, where former Cardinal star Reed Detmers threw a no-hitter this week. And then finally, we will wrap up the show with a weekly mailbag segment. We'll start out... Uh, with malachi smith and, and before I, I i do start talking about the content of the show i, I want to apologize for the lighting for some reason the 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 settings on on this lighting device is really kind of acting up so i understand it's kind of less than ideal lighting for this so i do apologize um if you're listening to this on audio disregard it, what i just said but if you're watching on video obviously my apologies but Nonetheless, let's get right on into it. Uh, Malachi Smith, the Chattanooga transfer, has been, um, you know, putting his or has been he put his name out there in the NBA draft with the opportunity to come back. Um, I don't think he was invited to the NBA draft combine. He is really not, you know, being involved in any of the mock drafts uh, across the um, you know across the internet. So it seems like all signs are pointing to Smith um coming back to college where he is in the transfer portal and smith is a name that you know global fans have been bringing up um hasn't been a lot though with you know most fans discussing tyrese hunter Amani bates isaiah mosley well Um, You know, if this was two weeks ago, I I think things might be different. But at this point, it seems like Imani Bates is not deciding until mid-June. Tyrese Hunter, who it seemed like the Louisville Cardinals were a favorite for, now might be on the outside looking in with the uh, emergence of Texas and maybe Tennessee. And then uh, Isaiah Mosley really hasn't been a lot of news uh, surrounding his recruitment. So, you know, it seems like the Louisville Cardinals are, you know, very, very, it, they're in, you know, desperation mode in terms of getting your know, guard play, and I, I don't want that to sound like Kenny Payne and company are desperate. I, I'm just, you know, using that figure of speech to show that the Louisville Cardinals have one guard on their roster, uh, legitimately. I know L. Ellis is probably the only pure guard on the roster now. Yes, you know, Devin Reed, Kamari Lands, even Mike James, all could seize some time at the two next season. But regardless, it, it is evident that this program needs to add guard play for next season and they have four scholarships to do so. Um, Malachi Smith is one of the top names out there. Now obviously some players that are currently testing the draft waters who we might not even be aware that they are in the transfer portal may end up electing to come back to college and it seems like that happens every year since that rule was passed. Uh, One of the more uh, more notable guys that you know, went that route was Marcus Carr last year, um, who tested the draft waters out of Minnesota and ended up, you know, being in the transfer portal and ultimately finding his way down in Texas with Chris Beard. Um, ultimately, Malachi Smith is a player that I don't see why he wouldn't be a starter next year. The reigning Southern Conference Player of the Year from Chattanooga. Um, the Belleville, Illinois native, six foot four, two 205-pound guard, averaged 19.9 points per game on 49, 41, and 83 shooting splits. What I mean by that is 49% from the field, 41% from behind the arc, and 83% from the free throw line. Um, uh, he averaged that to go along with 6.7 rebounds per game, 3.0 assists per game. And 1.7 steals per contest as well. So ultimately, I, I think that he would be a clear upgrade at the two uh, to be able to run alongside L Ellis. I think that he is able to create with the ball in his hands, but he's also very solid at playing off the ball. So kind of has a skill set uh reminiscent of Ellis in the way that you know kind of a combo guard w- with some solid size. Ellis being 6'3, uh Malachi Smith being 6'4. Um from a a rotational standpoint, like I mentioned, I, I don't see why Smith wouldn't be a starter, even if Kenny Payne was to bring in another starting caliber player. I could see this team possibly going small ball. Um, you know, Malachi Smith being 6'4. He plays a lot bigger than 6'4. Uh, when you look at some of the things that he did this past year for Chattanooga and um, you know, going back and watching some full games, I went back and watched the full game against Murray State. From This past season and I came away extremely impressed not only by his ability to score the basketball which he can do um, probably better than anyone in his conference better than anyone in mid-majors you know it's just his overall ability to affect the game as a whole you know averaging 6.7 rebounds per game uh, rebounds extremely well for his size for his position also is an underrated facilitator as well creating for his teammates but it was no secret that this past year for Chattanooga, his main role, and I think it's pretty evident that it was scoring. So as a score, um, you know, something that Louisville needs is a true number one scoring option. I'm not saying that he has to come in and average 20 points per game at Louisville. That probably doesn't happen. Um, but I, I don't think that he is one of those mid major players that is showing out at a smaller school that would then make the transition to power five and struggle. Um, I think his skill set is extremely translatable to the power five. And what I mean by that is it's not the fact that he's a scorer, but it's the way and how he's able to score. I think that he um, is really very solid in terms of ball handling, um, being able to create off the dribble, which is an extremely valuable skill when I do, Any type of NBA draft analysis and things of that nature. One of the main skills that I'm looking for for a player that is revered as a scorer is okay, is he more of a reactionary scorer in the sense of others have to create for him, or can he take guys on one on one? Can he, um, you know, create and be able to create separation with his ball handling and dribbles? And I think that, you know, the ball's on a string when it's in Malachi Smith's hands. I think that his handles are tight and crisp. I think that overall, he does a great job of getting to the rim, to where he has extremely good body control, can hang in the air and kind of suspend himself in the air to, um, you know, try to maneuver the defenders, uh, especially in the paint. So I, I think his ability to get downhill and create his own offense at the rim is something that you know we probably haven't had here at Louisville for some time. I know that Carly Jones is a player that was able to do that, but, you know, he was a sub six foot. Uh, L Ellis has shown, um, you know, the potential to do that. And having two guys that are able to, you know, penetrate the defense and get into the second level of the defense uh, toward the basket and finish around the rim is a very, very solid skill to have. Um, Probably not necessarily known as like a, Elite three-point shooter. He is um, pretty efficient and pretty solid for uh, his usage, shooting the ball 41% from behind the arc. Uh, Overall in college, a 38% three-point shooter, um, and he averaged the most attempts he has in his career this past year, uh, 4.1 attempts. So solid on-ball defender as well. I I just came away extremely impressed with all of the facets of Malachi Smith's game. I think that he would be a no-brainer addition here. For the University of Louisville, I think that um, he is probably going to be able to fill a couple of roles. Number one, you have a possible number one scoring option. Number two, you have a solid two-way player that can shoot the ball well from three, but also play solid defense. And overall, number three, I think that um, you know his skill set as a whole is cohesive to what um, you know you're looking for in, in, in a two guard, and that is a player that doesn't necessarily um, you know. Stop the flow of the offense. Story. He has to have the ball in his hands and create in isolation settings because I think that he's very solid in, um, you know, not only uh, identifying mismatches but it but but utilizing that in a strong way. I think that the ball when it gets into his hands, you know, the offense doesn't stop there. You know, it, it flows very solid. He's very cohesive on that end of the court to to the point to where I think that um, I would love the pairing of L. Ellis. And uh, Malachi Smith in the Louisville backcourt. Um, he wouldn't solve all of the Cardinals' problems. I think that uh, you know that's the point of having four more scholarships, three or four, depending on what uh, Kenny Payne decides to do with those four. If he decides to kind of hold on to one, if uh, you know possible in NCAA sanctions are looming. But at the end of the day, I'm under you know the I'm under the you know the lineup thinking that you're adding best player available. Malachi Smith is one of the best transfers available. Uh, in the transfer portal currently, and I do think that um, overall he would be a no-brainer addition here for the University of Louisville, and um, I'm interested to see how the rest of the roster gets filled out, so hopefully we get some news here soon, but as always, be patient and let the cards unfold before you make any overreactions or anything like that. but that's going to probably be all of the basketball talk that we have until the mailbag there's a basketball question in there. I want to transfer over into the MLB. I don't think that I don't think that this has ever been done on this show or at least as it, when I've been the host of uh talking about the MLB. Um you know, former Cardinals in the in, in Major League Baseball, obviously with the lockout, uh, the season started a little bit later, so we're really only about what 30 games into the into the 162 game season um but already some big news former Cardinals star Reed Detmers threw a no-hitter a couple days ago we'll talk about the significance of that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar imagine dipping dipping your finger into the plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and and realizing that it's only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein, well, that's kind of what it's like to eat a birthday birthday cake puff from Bilt Bar. I just received my birthday cake puffs, and look, I have never had anything like this before. They are available right now, and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow or go get them today. But you can do that at built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. That is what it is. Deliciously flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. And that's kind of everything that Bill Bar has is covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, And and this is something that I I was skeptical to kind of, um, you know, dive into because I think that Uh, Not a huge fan of protein bars. They're chalky. They're waxy. They're plain hard to choke down sometimes. Built Bar, it was very, very evident from the beginning that this was not going to be the same thing. Um, You can check out all of the macros and the healthy benefits at Built.com. Do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like I mentioned, we don't talk a ton, or we haven't really talked at all about Cardinal baseball in general, but former Cardinals and the pros, and I will die on this hill every single day of the week. The, the year that COVID hit the world. That Louisville baseball team, yes, they struggled out of the gate. They, they, you know, the pitching wasn't necessarily the greatest, but they started to kind of put it together right before COVID hit. The 2020 Louisville baseball team was going to win it all. I said it. They were going to win it all. You had Henry Davis, who was, you know, ultimately going to be the number one overall pick you have Alex Benellis who's tearing it up in the minor leagues right now. You have a multitude of other guys who really really hit the ball well. You had a bullpen that was solid. But the main reason why I said that and I said that then and I will say it in 2050. The bullpen wrote or the bullpen, the starting rotation on the weekend was the reason that I believe that Louisville was ultimately going to get over the hump and win their first college world series. Your Friday starter was Reed Detmers, just through a no-hitter for the Los Angeles Angels. Your Saturday starter, oh, just Bobby Miller, the first-round pick of the L.A. Dodgers in the same year that Detmers went top 10. Miller is ranked as the top pitching prospect in the Dodgers organization, which is ultimately one of the best farm systems, if not the best farm system in baseball. And then Sunday, you had Luke Smith. And Luke Smith was a, a player who just the year prior um went into the College World Series Final Four and pitched a gym against the Vanderbilt Commodores that had JJ Blade, you know, so on and so forth. But it all and I was kind of reminded of this point when Reed Detmers went out and threw a no-hitter against the Tampa Bay Rays a couple of days ago. Detmers, the youngest pitcher in A's organization history to throw a no-hitter the 12th overall to do so and the first pitcher this season to throw a no-hitter there has had I think there's been a couple no hitters but they have been uh uh staff pitching no hitters to where it's kind of been combined between pitchers but Reed Detmers was the first this season and did so in just his 11th start that's how special it was. nine innings of work, no hits, only one walk. he was one walk away from a perfect game. Here's the thing through 108 pitches, 68 of those were strikes, but only two strikeouts in this one. The, that means you know 25 of the outs were I think 11 of them were ground outs, 14 of them were flyouts. So the Angels defense was was pretty pretty involved in this one because they had to be. Um, now, granted, I think that the Angels made some very, very solid defensive plays. Reed Detmers did a great job of pitch placement and getting some soft contact. This season overall, last year, he, I, I think he's technically considered a rookie this year. Last year kind of struggled out of the gate. He was one in three, a 7.4 ERA, uh, started five games, uh, through 20 and two thirds innings, uh, allowed 26 hits, 17 earned runs, five of those were home runs. Um, 11 walks to 19 strikeouts uh opponent's averages 2.95 the uh the whip was 179 um this year however all across the board the peripherals looking better he's 2 and 1 to start the season 3.77 ERA he started 6 games um the walks numbers are down um like i said in those five starts last year he had 11 8 so far in his six this year, twenty strikeouts. So, actually struck out more batters last year uh, because his, uh, you know, strikeouts over nine innings. Last year was eight point two seven. This year only a five point eight one. Obviously, not necessarily a spring training, so you have to take things with a little bit of a grain of salt. But overall, I really do think that Reed Detmers is pitching a lot better across the board here. When you look at you know the the, stri- the strikeout to to walk ratio last year one point seven three, this year two point five. So he's getting better in all facets of the game, and I think that um, to do so. To get a no hitter against the um, against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are you know it seems like year in year out very very good Um, overall. This season, um, you look at what he did before Tampa Bay um, in the opening game uh, in his well the opening game of his season. He threw four innings against the Houston Astros, two earned runs. He did not have a good outing against the Texas Rangers. Um, In his second start back on April 15th, three and one-thirds inning pitched, six hits, five earned runs. He threw five innings in his next two starts against Baltimore and Cleveland, respectively, allowing no more than two earned runs. So, uh, Detmers, who's known for having some nasty stuff, um, not necessarily getting a ton of strikeouts, but what he is doing is is he's getting guys to hit into soft contact. Uh, One pitcher that that really reminds me of is Zach Greinke. Um, now, obviously, Zach Greinke in his earlier days was extremely electric. Um, but, you know, guys like Zach Grinky, now Madison Bumgarner um, at age 32, um, and then, you know, some some other guys here and there, I think are making their living off of getting guys to ground into soft contact. I think um, he's getting a lot more ground balls than he did last year. Uh, as opposed to fly outs, so the contact really hasn't been there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens if the the dead ball situation changes in the MLB, and if so, when that happens, how that's going to affect some of these younger pitchers. But to do so and get a no-hitter in his 11th start, obviously we may be kind of um, being a little bit over-analytical when it comes to what Murders is doing because he's only – going to go into his 12th start in his next appearance on the mound for the angels. But I think that having a guy like this in the rotation that you're able to, you know, come in and be ahead of the curve already and be a solid arm in the back end of your starting rotation behind guys like Shohei Otani, like Noah Sindergaard, you know, so on and so forth. This is extremely valuable for a team like the angels who are currently really, really doing well, 21 and 12 on the season by the time that this podcast gets released. So, I Have to take things with a grain of salt because it's very very early, but I love what I'm seeing from Reed Detmers. Shout out to him. Don't forget, don't let that distract you from the fact that the 2020 Louisville Cardinals baseball team was going to win the College World Series. But I digress. We will end the week, or, or uh, there might be an episode tomorrow actually, but um, we will end this Friday episode talking about the weekly mailbag. We'll answer some of the questions. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Weekly mailbag time. I didn't forget, although I may delay it. Sometimes it's Monday, sometimes it's Friday. It always happens. Couple interesting questions, though. I I, I really do have to um, applaud you all for for support or for supporting these, submitting these. And if you if you have any questions, I know I don't tweet and ask that you uh you you respond with questions. But if you if you all, Ever have any questions that you want featured on the mailbag? DM, uh, you know, my personal Twitter handle in the graphic below at LO underscore Louisville is the podcast Twitter page. So check that out. Um, But we'll dive right on into it. This one was actually released on Thursday morning um, or submitted on Thursday morning. With the NFL schedule release tonight, what are your thoughts on what Lamar Jackson needs to do in this next season? for him to take the next step forward? Is there a level of success he needs to reach? Well, I think for starters, I think, number one, he has to be healthy. The best ability is availability. At the end of last season, obviously, he had um, some injury issues. Um, outside of that, outside of the health um, the health world, I think he has to make the playoffs. I think that, yes, the AFC is probably better than it has been in quite some time. You have a lot of you know solid teams with some young quarterbacks. The AFC West is an absolute bloodbath. Excuse me. The AFC East has some solid teams. The AFC South probably got a little bit worse, maybe. But overall, very solid. Um, three wild card teams. I-, I do think that there's a good chance that the Baltimore Ravens could win the AFC North. If they don't, then they're ha- going to have to compete with uh, any of the teams in the AFC West one of New England or Buffalo and one of Indianapolis and Tennessee. So it'll be interesting, but I think that Lamar has to make the playoffs this season and he probably has to get to the AFC semifinals, the, uh, the, uh, divisional round. Uh, and that's probably one of those where it depends on who you ask, but ultimately I I think I'm not naive enough to know that the AFC is extremely top heavy and making the AFC championship is going to be a task for even the best quarterbacks in the league. So Uh, Moving on to the basketball realm, are you getting a little bit anxious with the lack of additions to the men's basketball team for next season? A little bit, I'll be honest, because uh, it it seems like, you know, with Tyrese Hunter maybe looking to go elsewhere, Amani Bates delaying his decision about a month, which um, whether or not that has any implication on what he's going to decide to do, you know, that's yet to be seen. There's not a lot of word on Isaiah Mosley. Uh, It hasn't been too much of, um, you know, talk about Malachi Smith either, but we know that Kenny Payne works in silence. He works behind the scenes. So as I'm a little bit anxious because there's four scholarships that can be filled, I- I'm still trusting in Kenny Payne. Um, you know, he went out and got Brandon Huntley Hatfield. He got Devin Ree. Um, there are still players that, you know, have, you know, entered the portal, but we haven't necessarily seen anything, um, from them because they are, um, currently, um, you know, testing out the NBA draft waters. So I'm a little bit nervous, but at the end of the day, I'm going to hold off all judgment because, you know, Kenny Payne and company have proven to me that obviously they know better than I do. So, um, yeah, I'm not necessarily too awful nervous, but I'm just a little bit anxious because I'm more kind of excited to see who he adds. Um, it's probably going to be names that we're not even talking about, you know, talking about Kenny Payne. So, um, Final mailbag question before we get out of here uh, pertains a little bit to the uh, football side of things. This is going to uh, obviously be taken out of context in some ways, I would assume. Um, So hear me out when I, when I answer this, what are your react? What is your reaction to uh, Jeff Brahms comments about the university of Louisville? For those who are not aware uh, Braum answered some questions about, you know, uh, why he stayed at Purdue back in 2018. Said, you know, he was uh, t- trying to do right by people who had treated him well, which I respect. And, you know, he's, he's staying true to his word. But then he also said, you know, year six and, and Louisville is a special place. You never know what the future holds. He always loves Louisville. So, um, you know, a lot of people read into that, like, okay, you know, he would entertain coming back and promptly. The fan base flipped again on Scott Satterfield. My my reaction to this whole thing is to relax and try not to overreact to it. We have a football coach. Um, year four, uh, there's a lot riding on year four. Um, he has done a great job of building a 2023 recruiting class. Um, I would just, honestly, my reaction is to let's focus on who's here. You know, we have a coach. We have a coaching staff that's getting ready to try to gear up to have a lot of success in the 2022 campaign. At this point, yeah. I mean, is it nice to hear what Jeff said? Of course it is. I mean, you like to hear that he loves the and the loves him. He's a beloved figure here in the city within the university and stuff like that. But right now we have a football coach. We have a, a football team that's striving every single day to be better than they were the day before and to get some of the bad taste from last season out of their mouth and really start to um you know put together a, a good year next year because the schedule I think warrants a very good season. So I would say you know just lean into this you know current regime to these current players. I understand you know it's kind of in a show me sense with this coaching staff and I I agree there's there's some things that this staff needs to prove. There are some things that this team needs to approve on the field, and we have to see that in the win column. But as of right now, I think that the worst thing you could do is overreact and, and cause a fiasco like we did uh, back in late November, early December. So hey, but that's going to wrap up the mailbag segment. Um, if you want to get some conference news on the ACC, locked on ACC. The that podcast is. Free on all streaming services, 30 minutes daily, Monday through Friday. But hey, that's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here, possibly tomorrow, but definitely on Monday.